Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Fear Me, a podcast about Fear the Walking Dead. I'm Kim. This is Stuart. And Scott. And we are going to be recapping the season finale of season one of Fear the Walking Dead, The Good Man. So, you guys, what were your overall impressions of this episode? Well, I think um, it didn't disappoint. It was very good. Uh, And finally... Uh, I think we got a lot of questions answered. Obviously, uh, a lot more is, is brought up that we have we have to question for season two. Um, but no, I think I think it was it was more of what we wanted to see. It was more of the pace of the show that we were expecting from the start. Um, so, Scott. Yeah, I agree. Um, I it was. I don't think it was as great as you might feel it was, but uh, um, <laughs> but it was okay. definitely a lot more positive. <laughs> Yeah, uh, shoot me down. Feel it is. Yeah, sorry, man. Uh, no, it was it was good. It was good. It was much more like the uh, had much more of a Walking Dead feel to it as compared mm-hmm. to what we've had in the other in the past. Too much character development was just getting in the way of some of the story. So uh, we had some of the questions answered. We had more questions added. I think the second half of it, especially, was like uh, you know the pace was brought up, especially once Daniel uh, unleashes the ho- the herd. Uh, yes. from the arena mm-hmm. I mean that's everything from there on I mean to be honest I'm not really sure how he thought that was the best idea I mean obviously it was um, it would get in the way of the, the soldiers and such but um, there's no controlling 2,000 of anything right, right. so uh, yeah it got way out of hand in yeah. the hospital and we'll talk about that but Kim what did, what did what did you think of the show in general I loved it um I still don't think it was one of the best episodes that they had of the season, but I thought it was a really strong episode. I thought the writing was a lot better this time. There was definitely a lot of tension. Um, there were several times when I felt like I was just on the edge of my seat and anticipating what was going to be happening. There were um, a lot of questions that were brought up that made me really excited for episode or for um, next season, for season two. Um, really curious about what they're going to do on a boat. But <laughs> they're going to Gilligan's Island. Yeah, that could be cool. Um, I got a boat. It's just a three-hour cruise. <laughs> um, I was so hoping they would show some zombies under the water when they were panning out on the ocean. But um, that was a little bit of a disappointment right there. But um, no, I really liked the episode, and um, it really made me excited for next season. So yeah, it's good. I liked it. So, did you guys have any specifics that you really liked about the episode? Well, I think the, just the start of it, um, with the uh, the calm music, you're panning in, and it's got the air, you know aerial view of the city, and you kind of pick out little pieces. In fact, it's almost wanted more time viewing the city because mm-hmm. I started seeing like the little fires and stuff, and there was like perimeter fires around things. Uh, yeah, but then they start zooming like a in. Forest fire. Yeah, oh, yeah, they start say. zooming in on the arena. And um, and then it's just like a boom, boom, it's, boom. It's the forum, by the way. The forum? The Lakers, oh, is that what it's called? Yeah, where the Lakers play. Oh, is that what oh, it is? is? Oh, okay. I had no idea. How did you figure that out? I'm good. Hmm. I'm Whatever. Good. You che- research. You're researching like crazy, yeah. aren't you? <laughs> you got too much time on your hands. Seriously. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, the start of it, that uh, it really set it up perfectly. Of course, just for, you know, that... Um, sharp beginning music too so that was actually one of my favorite scenes too 
um, was when at the very beginning when they were showing all the fires and I think it was further into the episode they showed it again but this time you could see the the perimeter of the fires and you could tell that they were actually growing so they were no longer just one building but it was now encompassing city blocks and it was starting to spread and that I love that scene that was really good um that was more of what I wanted to see throughout the entire series is just like the after effects or you know like what's what's actually happening around the city instead of their just a little pocket right so yeah that was one of my favorites yeah I, I agree. I agree. I thought that was that was some some really good uh, images they were throwing out there. Um, but like you said, I do wish they had done a little bit more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was nice to see them finally tackling some of that stuff. Uh, it was funny though that there was really absolutely nothing moving out there, mm-hmm. and it's, and it even got more interesting. I thought when they were on the road trying to get to the ocean, yeah, and they ended up going through the Los Angeles River. <laughs> facing again yes. <laughs> yes. Well, when you saw those overheads you saw a lot of cars on the road but there was nothing moving yeah there was that one scene when they were going underneath yeah they went underneath the bridge when they were going through the river area and right. um, the cars were going off an exit ramp and then all of a sudden they just stopped and I was right. like what happened to all the cars there has to be yeah. like another avenue of cars but yeah there was nothing you would anticipate that there would be some walkers or infected, whatever we're going to call them. Um, or even somebody just trying to get around in a car. Yeah, there was nobody there. But but that's that's not even that's military being picky. But that's just being picky, I think. It was very good. It was very good scene. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I probably my favorite, uh, probably my favorite point on the show um, last night was the uh, the scene in the hallway with the walkers going after Nick and um, Strand. Um, with the flickering lights and all that kind of stuff, that was a, that was one of the scary scenes I was looking for. I thought yes, that, that was, was awesome. that was very yeah. cool. A lot of tension involved in it, and even you could tell Nick had finally given up because he was saying mm-hmm. goodbye to his mom before they came in and rescued him. But you know what? I think there was a little part of me that was hoping they'd get him. <laughs> <laughs> I was too. <laughs> Who, Nick or Strand? <laughs> Nick. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding though, because I actually thought Nick's talk with his mom at the end of the show, uh, where he talked about how the rest of the world was actually catching up with his world, was really yeah. good. I mean, the kid, the the kid's uh, acting on that was fantastic. His facial expressions and all were kind of dreamy. Um, I thought he did a really good job with that. No, the cool thing about when they're in the hall though is when str- when they found out the um, doors were locked, Strand said, "Well, that's unfortunate." Yeah, right. I agree. That was great. He had some good one-liners. <laughs> he did. I can't wait to see what they do with his epi- with his um character next season. Well, there's there's uh, I really think there's more to that guy than they're even hinting at. Yeah. Cuz that guy knew way too much. Don't you think he's a bit shady? I think, oh, I think I think he's, very he's a shady. bad person. But I think he's also I think he's involved on higher levels somehow because like he said, I've been prepared for this. Huh. Yeah. Really? Well, he, I mean, he was saying that when he went back to his house, he was saying how they, he had a bunch of supplies and stuff back at the house. Yeah. He said he had he everything. Said he said, I've been prepared for this. That's true, because I that's just right. saw him as like just a con artist type of guy. No, that's what I'm saying. He's bigger. And that he's more. that's probably how he um, attained all of his wealth. 
But I never put two and two together that he might be involved somehow. Well, he certainly had his supplies up and running. Yeah, he did. Hey, at his best line, I tell you what, his best line from the show, though, was when he found uh, when he found uh, Reynolds getting chomped on. And uh, he oh, took back his yes. cufflinks and he says, you can keep the watch. <laughs> that was, that was good. Because time doesn't matter anymore. You can keep the watch. <laughs> that was good. What were some of your other favorites? Um, I loved the the conversation between Dr. Exner and Liza. Uh, mm-hmm. When Liza was asking her about uh, bringing her family along when they were evacuating. Mm-hmm. And Exner said, said uh, blood or bond? She says, what is a family now? Be brutal. Yeah. I thought yeah, that, was, that was a great line. Yeah, because it's you're you're questioning like how far would you go at this point? Like what is what are essential things and essential people in your life? Exactly. How mm-hmm. far are you willing to go to save people? Right. And if you're going to be bringing uh, your ex husband, he's going to be uh, having his wife tag mm-hmm. along his their kids. Like where does it stop? Yep. And then you have the Salazars who have kind of latched on and become not really family, but they're important to them at least. Mm-hmm. And you know how far do you? extend your reach of people you're going to save because remember what the what strand i keep saying the strand sorry because i keep thinking the stand um (laughs) or the strain um, or that the strain um remember what he said about um you know uh oh gosh now i can't remember the exact quote but it was about how people are going to bring you down and you need to save yourself basically yeah, he yep. said we can't help them; they'll just hurt us or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. When, when they, they were, were still escaping. Up. Mm-hmm. And um, so, for for her to have to make that decision between family members, that's that's pretty deep. It's pretty deep. Mm-hmm. I'm still seeing Strand as a bit of a Randall flag, though. I do too. I do too. That's why I think he's really, really bad, and I'm I'm very excited to see what they do with him. Um, I, I kind of think that he's going to be even worse than the governor mm-hmm. type of person. You think? Yeah. He's got huh. he's got something bad behind Some, him. Yeah, something's really... Something's very dark See, about uh, that to guy. To me, yeah, there's something dark about him, but to me, there, it seems almost like he's just at the... He's, he's past where everybody else is, and he sees Nick mm-hmm. is past where a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but... I, Stu, I think he looks at all those people as just being tools. That's what I was going to say. He could very easily turn on them at any second mm-hmm. and just... That's what I think. I mean... Save himself. I think he has them because there's strength in numbers. Right. But, uh, but I don't think he really considers them as Needed. Uh, people he would try to save. Yeah. Hmm. Well, no, I mean, I, I can see that. He's, he's, only, he's only utilizing the people that will help him further his cause or what his own position. Right. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, he—I mean, he is—he's at the point where he's—he's he's thinking about himself probably a little bit too much. Uh-huh. But the rest of the people are still trying to hold on to society uh-huh. and trying to help each other out. Some and of them he's, are. Yeah, some of them are. But I think he's gotten to a point where, and the the reason I bring this up is I think the whole episode is about the transition of what Travis needs to get past in his, in his own kind of morality. He was the good and, man. Yeah, he was the good man. And um, you see little changes throughout the entire episode that's kind of this evolution of what he is. I don't know that he fully ev- evolved, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but he definitely had some major experiences that could show up in the next season. Yeah, you mean like um, the time when he went all Rick Grimes on Andy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, when he beat the crap out of that guy. <laughs> yeah, which, that was it was a, it Andy? A change. Yes, yeah, Andy. it was Andy. Yeah, the, okay, the corporal that was tortured yeah. that he let go. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's um, all these things that were happening during the ep- episode that were just uh, perfect examples of, of what looking out for other people Mm-hmm. Was was hurting him or hurting people in general? Yeah, yeah exactly. And oh, the, yeah, yeah. The other one was um, like Nick was wanting to re- let those people go, and and uh, Strand was saying, "Oh no, you know they're not going to help us. You know, they're, it's right. not going. It, there's nothing worth, um, you know, letting those people go. They're they're probably actually going to get in our way more." Right. That's what he was implying. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, what I'm saying is, you're starting to see more of this contrast from Strand and mm-hmm. Travis. You know, here, here are these two characters that are kind of leading mm-hmm. people through the place and, you know, ha- and how they deal with the different situations. Right. And so maybe it's these... maybe it's solely just so that you can see how, you know, behind the times Travis is. I don't know. Yeah. But you've also got the pragmatism of Daniel floating around there, too. So yeah. you've got a three headed. Well, I think uh, he's just psychotic. Well, yeah, I think. <laughs> but I think I think Strand might be a little psychotic. Well, well, yeah, yeah, a little bit, but he, I mean, he's definitely um, he's he's more of the salesman. David's like uh, he's out there walking in front of two thousand walkers, and he's saying, "Oh, nice night." Who, Daniel? Yeah, Daniel. Or what did I say? David. Oh, he's David. Excuse Alan. me. Dan- yeah, Daniel. But yeah, he says, "Nice night." <laughs> no, I think Strand is totally out for himself, and he actually reminds me of um, what's the guy on the Breaking Bad who owns the chick the pollo place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He reminds me of him a little bit in that he's totally out for himself and he doesn't really care about anybody else. Right. You know? Unless they get him to his means. Exactly. Yeah. If they're not helping him, they're not worth his time. Right. I totally agree. Which is what you happened know? with Doug. Doug got sent away. We don't know what happened yeah. with Doug. Yeah, Doug was just a it was kind of his play thing though. I mean, he was it, it seemed like he was just doing that for fun. Yeah, mental. Yeah, but but he but he did it on purpose because he said to Reynolds, you know, he was talking about since I did the earlier deal which he was talking about Doug. Mm-hmm. So he did it for to Doug for Reynolds for some reason. Possibly. He might have been talking about something else though. He might have been, but he kind of Yeah. He kind of I mean, that's what he also did. The whole, he also did uh, the whole key trade, which was not, um, mm-hmm. you know, was something that happened off camera that we didn't see too. So. Right. Well, I thought it was funny too when uh, when when uh, Strand and, and Nick were running away from the the dead folks, and right after seeing Ran, uh, Reynolds and uh, Nick's like, "So how are we getting out?" And he goes, and uh, Strand goes, "I don't know. He was my ride." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear. I forgot about that. That's a good one. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, um, so one of my other favorite parts of the episode was the horde. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And um, it was really finally, cool. yeah, finally we get to see a bunch of of infected, but to see how different they are from the walkers that are on Walking Dead, it almost was comical because okay, first of all. Salazar is just nonchalantly walking down the street and the the soldier like, hey, you can't go there. And he's like, oh, you might want to save your ammunition. And still it's like, no big deal. I'm just taking a nice leisurely stroll down the street. And then, oh, my God, there's a huge horde of zombies behind me. But 
like <laughs> they weren't even walking very fast. They weren't as fast no. as the Walking Dead walkers, it seemed to me. Um, but also, they looked comical in the fact that the blood on them didn't seem real. It was like somebody just splashed some red paint on them a little bit. <laughs> like, you know are what you, I mean? Are you, are you, are you ripping Greg Nic- Nicotero here? I love Greg Nicotero, but for some reason... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not really? his best I didn't work. Know you, I didn't think you were going to go there. So you actually thought it didn't look uh, realistic enough. It did not look realistic to me. But I did like seeing all of them there. It was nice to see like a whole bunch of them around. But they just didn't... You know, I think it's just because we're just used to the walkers. They're just so decayed and see, the I special thought it was, effects. I thought it was great, but it was almost kind of like the, the sideshow act like came out on stage kind of thing. It's like, oh, and here are the walkers. Yeah. It's like, when the hell did Daniel go free these guys? Because he was just at the front gate and happened well, he, to hit he, he, three when, switches that happened to be the exact switches to open that gate. And then all of a sudden he disappeared. He walked out of frame. And, oh, then, yeah. and then they're back. But you, hey, one more thing about that gate. <laughs> Man, what a bunch of dicks. They left that gate wide open for anybody else, the walkers, to get into the people well, that are left in their homes. As I mean, far as we on. know, they didn't show it closing. We don't know. Oh, yeah. it's that thing it, it could have automatically closed behind them. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was on automatic closures. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's what it that's was. That's code. That's yeah. code. It's got to be. Yeah. True. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was, I was like, wait, where the hell? Is that Daniel? Like, where did he come from? Stuart got really mad about that scene. I did get mad about well, it because it was, it was like the, it, it confused me. I was like, "What well, they the were hell? near the forum?" This well, whole I know time. that they were right next to it, but right, I'm just so saying. So he went over there, opened the opened those doors with the with the bolt cutters they had. I know. I felt like I, I missed something. Like I just completely had a brain fart on this because <laughs> he opens the gate, and then I'm looking at the truck to see if that guy is in the truck because right. we didn't at that point we didn't know if You're Travis had. Yeah, we didn't know if if Travis had let him go yet or not. Right. Because Adams is pleading with him. His name's Andy Adams? I know, it's unfortunate. Okay. Um, So we didn't know because he was pleading with him to just let me go because you know that they're going to kill me. And then you see that he's not in the truck. And then all of a sudden, Daniel's walking. He's like, hey, nice night, guys. Mm -hmm. Save your ammo. And then there's like a whole herd. Well, I think it was a little time later when that happened there was some separation in between them going i know the but gate. that's what i'm saying i missed something maybe i i don't know no nah, i just think it was you know it just was a little while later yeah that was they like they're playing into it i think i ate like three pop tarts and all of a sudden daniel's there nice Pop-tarts. but can i say how horrible of a shot those soldiers were i mean they started oh yeah they're up oh, high yeah. they're shooting they don't hit maybe like one one zombie oh, that's yeah. it yeah, I hate to say it, the, you know, that that <laughs> that compound would hold against 2,000 zombies in a minute. Yeah, I mean, they geez, could have thrown they, a know, grenade. They could have done all kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, or when the tower fell over. Yeah. I know, I was like, oh, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was thinking even before that happened, to be like, <laughs> man, those dudes are in bad shape being up in that tower. <laughs> At first, I was thinking they were actually pretty safe with as slow as the zombies were walking. Yeah, it was like a cheap deer blind, though. It I know. Pretty cheap. Anyways, <laughs> nope. I agree with you, Kim. I was kind of like, really? <laughs> that they just leaned on the fence and they got in. I know. Although I have to say, my favorite part was when the guy walks into the the helicopter blade. Oh, the road. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was great because uh, it it that again reminded me of like Dawn of the Dead when the guy gets his head chopped off. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. 
Um, exactly. But the question is, now I thought when he did that, he was infected at that point, which was like right. too quick or something. I don't know. There no, was no, no. He no, knew he, he was going to be infected. Knew. Yeah. Oh, he okay. Himself. So he was, okay. So he, he killed himself. Ah, all right. Remember okay. he ran over to the helicopter. I think he was really thinking about getting in the helicopter. And when he got there and looked at the soldiers, then he turned and went into the blades instead. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Because you, you saw him after he got bit. He turned around and kind of, you know, killed the walker and then kind of stood there like, oh, God. Yeah. Was, yeah. He was thinking, like, what do I do now? And he wanted yeah. he wanted somebody to help him, but then he knew that they couldn't help him. And they he knew what they would probably do to him. And so he wanted right. to yeah. take care of it himself. That's how I felt. No, that makes that makes sense. Because at first it looked like, wait, he turned already? Because no. he was kind of walking around like a walker. Yeah, I think he was just—he was stunned and frantic. He was just, he was just ham-legged. Yes, he was. <laughs> he had ham. Legs. He had a bit. Had a bit of the Jimmy leg. Yep. <laughs> Jimmy leg. <laughs> he was uh, walking weird, is what I'm trying to say. I know what you're saying. <laughs> I got it. All right, Kimmy. I know you have something. Um. Yes. When Doctor Exner had to make the decision to um. To kill her patients. Yes. I really like that scene because I know I keep coming back to this, but I just keep thinking about Katrina, Hurricane Katrina during this entire series so far. And um, a lot of the storyline parallels to real things that happened during that whole catastrophe. And of course, we all know the story about the doctors and the nurses in that one hospital down in New Orleans that had to make the decision to kill their patients. And I just kept thinking in my head, that's got to be one of the most difficult decisions that a doctor has to make. Um, and that it has to be absolutely devastating for someone when you know that you're supposed to be saving people and you've tried everything that you possibly can. And she even had the helicopters coming. She had everything set up. Everything was good to go. And then all of a sudden the walkers come in and and the helicopters decide to leave because they feel that the compound has been compromised and just that feeling of loss and helplessness and not being able to do anything for your people and to make that decision to have to go ahead and put them out of their misery so that they don't have to go through the ordeal of being bitten and overrun and turning into zombies themselves. And then obviously we know that she took herself out too at the very end. Well, at least we think she did. She was playing with the gun, thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure she did. On this show, though, I don't ever take it for granted that they did. Bottom line is, I don't think we're going to well, see her anymore. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Probably not. So, um, but yeah, so that, that whole... S- She's going to show up in a dinghy somewhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She'll be She's got a big canoe. Um, <laughs> with, with her cow gun. But I think that whole scene was just very poignant. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't laugh. I'm talking about something serious. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, cow gun got me. <laughs> cow gun, take me away. <laughs> oh, but God. Hurricane Katrina is like the closest thing we have to a real apocalypse and... You know, yeah. it's just sad to think about everything that happened during that time. Yep, I agree. I think they're pulling a lot of their images from that. No, yeah, that could be true, too. You know, I think that's where they get a lot of their inspiration for society breaking down is what happened in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I know. It could be happening on in North Carolina and South Carolina right now, too. Yeah, but uh, what? that's not much of a loss. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you actually live in North Carolina. Yeah, I was going to say, we're going to have to point out the fact that Scott actually lives in North Carolina. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> like I said, not big, not a big problem. <laughs> um, 
Okay, I got a question okay. for you. I'm ready why, for your question. Why did Corporal Adams shoot Ophelia? Oh, I know the answer to that one. Instead of Daniel. Oh, it's... Okay, go ahead, Kim. I, I have my theory. I'm sure it's the same. Yeah, I think that he knew Ophelia was playing him, first of all. And I think he did it just to piss off Daniel. Yeah, it's the easiest yeah. way to hurt him. Yeah. Is well, to, he definitely, to get revenge. He definitely didn't do it... He didn't do it because he panicked or anything. He he almost had a grin on his face when he shot her when I watched it the second time. Mm-hmm. He, he specifically looked at him and then turned at her yep. and shot her. Yeah, it was like, you carved up my arm. Here, take this. Except he's not a good shot for a soldier. No, he was not. Yeah, the uh, the they need to work on their uh, marksmanship training on the weekends there. Yeah, small arms are not... Uh, Corporal Adams, forte. But then, Travis no. beat the shit out of him... Wow. Yep. Travis yeah. came into his own at Which that was, point. Part of it, though, was a little disappointing because I did. I thought Adams might be one of the good guys. Well, I really thought that he would join their group and help them. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also wanted Daniel to be wrong. That maybe there was some some bit of good in somebody, and Daniel was. Mm-hmm. I think what did what did he say? You see what doing the right thing gets you. Like I told right. you so. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you know maybe it would have been good for him to shoot Daniel. I was expecting him to shoot Daniel, and I was yeah. really shocked when he didn't. But I really right. thought Ophelia was dead, but, too. Right. But Dan- Daniel's already got some good scars on him already since he lost his wife, which he did not seem very upset about like no, we had I talked think- about. Oh, yeah. He, was, he had already no. written her off. I- yeah, exactly. You know what? Daniel's, Daniel's going to be a pirate in season oh, two. Oh, that's true. He's going to well, be a pirate. He's got pirate written all over him. God, you know, the, 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 first thing I, <laughs> the first thing I thought about when I saw the boat Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, crap. This is going to be like Waterworld. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what I thought, too. I thought of also, um, oh, God, what was that novel about a uh, nuclear submarine after after nuclear war happened and they're trying to find a port? Oh, right. Um, I hope that's not going to be with this. The Hunt for Red October. No, not that one. <laughs> I know. No. I know which one you're talking about, but, yeah, I don't I don't remember the name name either. Maybe a listener out there would be able to tell us. I don't yes, think please. they can stay on the boat very long if they actually do end up on the boat, because that would be pretty boring. They're going to have mm-hmm. to make their way to an island, which again would probably be pretty boring because there's only so many walkers you can have on an island. Would you rather be bored or being chased by walkers? Chased by walkers. I would like for them to be chased by walkers. I'm, I, I'm not talking. I'm not talking about for the the content of the show. I'm talking about like actually. Would you rather stay on that boat or would you rather go on on shore? Me, personally, yeah. I would rather stay on the boat. Exactly. I mean, I'd put in somewhere where there aren't people. That's why they need know? to go to an island. But that does well, no, not make for a good show. The, there's even parts yeah. of the country they could go to. There was hardly any people. How, how far away is Easter go to, Island? Go to Canada. Easter Island? That's pretty far. That's a long way. Hawaii's closer. <laughs> Go to Canada where there's no people? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They're only Canadians. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Canada. <laughs> but stop calling ham bacon. Exactly. Oh <laughs> They're used to the uh, Walking Dead up there. They were called the Montreal Expos. Oh, my. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So bad. That's good. 
We love our Canadian listeners. Yes. <laughs> well, shoot, hey. isn't there a podcast out there? It's the, the Talking Dead guys are Canadian, yeah. aren't they? Yes, they are. Okay. They will never hear us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're going to be able to sell them on our show. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, still, I think if they were on the boat, they could really pump up the action by having walkers in the water. That yeah, would be something I would like to see. Well, we'll probably see something like that. We'll probably see them, you know, at least seeing them, you know, if they're in a shallow area, seeing them underneath the water. Or sharks. Or something yeah. that's going to attack them. Well, actually, Yeah, the, the, the shelf drops off pretty quick in the Pacific. I don't think there's much Mm-mm. shallow area. No, but, nope. but there is a lot of... Um, Oh God, the word just escaped my brain. You know, seaweed, sharks. No. Um, oh, sargasm. No. <laughs> kelp forests. God, kelp, kelp forests. Forest, yeah. St- stilts. Zombies on stilts. <laughs> no, but think about it. Zombies with peanut People butter. People that are trapped under the water inside the kelp forests, and they're like reaching up towards the surface of the water, and somebody mm-hmm. falls in the boat. Falls in the water out of the boat, and the zombies just pull him down under oh that would be awesome it's called pirates of the caribbean yeah that was yeah that happened in pirates of the caribbean oh, it did. okay yeah. yeah that's okay they're borrowing a bunch of other stuff from movies so yeah, they can exactly. do it well i just think it would be really cool whenever they when they announced that it was going to be in california and they showed that promo poster of the footprints on the beach mm-hmm. walking yeah. towards the santa monica pier that's the first thing I thought about. They've got to show some zombies in the water. Well, I mean, that's something to talk about, though. They The, the first thing they had had been discussing was going to the desert. So now we don't even get to see what happened in the desert. To tell you mm-hmm. the truth, I was looking forward to them going in the desert. I, I was, too. I thought the desert would be a great great uh, area for them to run into. I mean, completely different from what's going on with The Walking Dead. Now, uh, a boat is, too. But uh, I just see a lot of episodes with them floating on a boat. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that's, I'm saying. That could be pretty boring. Do, yeah, it's not going to do a whole lot for me if that's the case. Um, it's going to be going peer to peer. I'm not saying it will be, but but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I like. The I, have, I don't though. think the boat is going to last long. I don't either. I think maybe um, an episode or two. Now it's a big boat. When, when he started mentioning Abigail early on, though, what mm-hmm. did you guys think it was? A babe, a chick. A- did you? A woman. See, I thought he was talking about his car. I did too. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it, it. I don't remember the exact language he was using, but I was like, oh, yeah, he's talking about his getaway car. Well, I, and then I think it Nick, never happened. I think Nick asked that, how or, or what's what's on the West Coast. Oh, no, that was, um, what's her face? Madison asked him what's on the West Coast, and he said, my house. And she said something about how are we going to get away, and he said Abigail or something like that. Mm, I'm not sure. Okay, well, yeah, that's probably okay. That's what it was. Yeah, but so I just assumed it was some sort of vehicle, I guess, because I was braining again. Oh God! Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. Okay, so I have another favorite item that I wanted to bring up when um Strand was getting his cufflinks back. And that one zombie was eating on Reynolds. Yeah. Did you hear the sounds that the zombie was making when he was chomping on him? Num, 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 <laughs> num. <laughs> 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 he went. Burp. 
<laughs> no, I did not hear. It. No. <laughs> well, he was basically just smacking his lips mm-hmm. while he was eating, and um, that sound just kind of like Ugh! it was like so disgusting and creepy. I was like, oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> he, he mumbled because he, he was making yummy sounds. Yeah, get in my tummy. But okay, so that brings up another point. How is it that these zombies are so much slower than the zombies that are in The Walking Dead? I'm not sure that they are. Well, he's they're able more, they're to They're more go laid up, back in LA. He's able to go up to Reynolds and get stuff out mm-hmm. of his pockets while this well, zombie's Reynolds chomping was occupied, on him. And there's been some occupied zombies on The Walking Dead too that they Not to by. that point. Hmm. I don't know. I thought I saw some. And nobody's ever been able to lead a horde like that either. Except Michonne, or like Rick had all that stuff, the guts all over mm-hmm. him, Rick and Glenn. Hmm. Well, but that other was to make that, them invisible. Yeah. No, I think he was. I think he was like the only game in town that they saw, so they were following him. Mm-hmm. You know what he needed was a top hat and a cane. Exactly. That would have been perfect, Mister Peanut. Yes, that would have been awesome. <laughs> he just like tap his way out of there. He's like, all right. I'm going stage left. <laughs> Here comes the herd. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you guys have any other favorites that you wanted to talk about? I, you know, I don't. I do have some favorites, but I had another thing I wanted to talk about, and that was um, something that I, I was. I didn't really. I guess I was a little confused about was when Travis said to Maddie, "Are you ashamed of something?" Mm. Yeah. Right, and that was towards the beginning. Uh, right. he, he said another comment too, but I don't. It yeah, he me. said to her, he said, uh, "Are you ashamed of me?" Because oh, was it was, of him? Yeah, because he was he was going to take um, Adams with him. I think Maddie wanted uh, wanted to knock Adams off too. Well, yeah, she did, and um, you know, she saw him being soft. She remember because he said, "Are you ashamed of me?" And she says, "He goes in your car." I thought he meant, are you ashamed of yourself for letting me yeah. do this to him? No, I think he no. was saying, are you ashamed of me? Because of the way she looked at him mm-hmm. as she okay. walked by. Yeah, I, I was confused about that part, and I, that's what I wanted to clarify, because I didn't understand what he was talking about, and I thought he was alluding to her being ashamed about something else, like telling, maybe telling Nick something, because I thought she, he said something about saying something to Nick. Yeah. No, I, I think... don't know. I just I, I took it as him questioning whether she was ashamed at him because she wanted to knock off Adams too. Yeah, I think it was all okay. About and then something. there was the other the other comment that Maddie made that where she said the neighbors don't know when there was that guy walking his dog. Right. Because mm-hmm. at first I thought there was a dog and a zombie in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden she's like, "Oh, the neighbors don't know." And I was like, "Oh, well, th- oh, that's a neighbor. Never mind." <laughs> it was a stiff neighbor. <laughs> Yeah, a, a zombie walking the dog. But that is yeah. sad when you think about it. I mean, apparently they know more than everybody else in that little community. Nobody's telling them. I still them. can't believe those people don't know that. <laughs> I mean, How they do they not know what the hell is going on? The, they don't want freaking soldiers all Because they don't want to know. They're not seeing what's right in front of them. They want to continue having this facade of a normal life and everything's going to get better the military's going to come back and save the day and they don't want to see what's actually happening out there well maybe which means they're going to die maybe they, it, it, maybe they were all asleep just like Rick was in The Walking Dead for this entire time because 
How does the entire population of a city get annihilated? And yet these people, who are our main characters, who know more than anybody (laughs) else, uh, didn't know that there were zombies walking all around the city. Right. I mean, it's freaking crazy to me. Yeah, it's a little unbelievable. But it, it just—I think that was the confusion from the last few episodes, where it was like nine days later. Okay, the entire city's gone, but wait, these people didn't see what happened. Right. It's not like there is a huge opaque wall in front of them. It is a a freaking fence, yep. and they didn't hear any gunshots going off. Anyways, that's my tirade. Well, I got you know I got I got one more point to point out that uh, kind of flows on the unbelievable. I, I I would say we could have skipped episodes four and five because the whole army thing wasn't relevant. I mean, they all still ended up going on their going on their trek to the desert in the end, even though they got you know they met up with uh, what's his name and they turned yeah. him towards the shore. But yeah. I mean, the whole the whole army thing was really in in the long run not very relevant. Well, in a way it was because it just shows that nobody's there to protect them, they have to protect themselves. Well, yeah, but the military was there and but it didn't end up changing their situation in any way in the Just end. killed a few more people. No, but uh, I, I, to your point, Scott, I think there could have been this whole herd of zombies like two episodes earlier and you wouldn't have missed anything. Right. You actually would you wouldn't be questioning quite so much, I guess would be the the answer. Right, because you'd be like, "Oh, well, there you go. Now the city's getting destroyed." Right, and 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 like on a smaller, in a, in a smaller uh, fashion of the same point, this whole thing with uh, Chris and Alicia being confronted by the soldiers to steal their vehicle. Oh yeah, what was what was the meaning of that? I mean, that whole scene went down, and they just end up being hiding in a closet somewhere and come running out, and then they leave. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree with you on that. Why one? even had that? That was kind of like a filler part to me and and, yeah. and again going to the sexual exploitation exploitation thing like i don't think that was needed at all and they keep doing this to poor alicia and that she just right it's totally unneeded i don't think they need to do that at all yeah and you know to, and with the army the thing is is that um you know i felt like they were going to try to make the army as the main adversaries in this series but then it turns out they're not. Yeah, the right. army just up and disappears. Um, so our heroes got back in their vehicles and left. Mm-hmm. So why was this? Why was the whole army thing even necessary? I don't know. Other than to fill a couple of episodes. Yeah, I think I think really it was just to show that they're they're not safe no matter what the situation is, and they have to watch out for themselves. I'd rather watch them be on the on the run for those nine days that we missed trying to get out of the city and so forth instead of sitting in the compound. I think it, you know, I think it what it did is it just insulated them from a lot of the story. Well, I think it what it was trying to do possibly was to answer what happened to the military. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know what hap- what happened to the National Guard? Mm-hmm. Because even in The Walking Dead, you don't know. Uh, you know where where did all the military go? I. Th- and I mean, well, they had in The Walking Dead. They had the one episode where it was like the the one um, group of military was taken out by the governor. Yeah, the right? governor's group, right? Yeah. So, and, but um, that's the only time you really see the military. And you saw what happened to them around the around the CDC in Atlanta. Yeah. In Atlanta. Oh right. Yeah, that's right. That is true. 
So maybe it was somewhat trying to answer what that was in a very poor fashion. I was going to say that in a long way around to answer that question. <laughs> yeah, because I still find it hard. <laughs> but they had to say something because, you know, they're supposedly just in the start of this, in the throes of the whole uh-huh. fight against the zombies. So, um, yeah, but the only yeah, National had... Guard guys you run into turn out to be That's evil. That's what I was going to say. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I just think the whole thing was a little unnecessary. You could have done it. You could have involved the military in a lot more, um, you know, give them a little bit of sense of some right. positive out of this. Well, I don't know that just... that first guy was evil. In, in fact, I was hoping that um, Adams was going to be the holdout. And again, I think that's why I was disappointed as well, because they were kind of putting most of the military guys in a bad light except for the right. guy that got punched in the face for mm-hmm. his momentary lapse of patriotism. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But even the main guy who was a dick the entire time, he played a great dick, mm-hmm. uh, was, I think he was trying to show Travis, you know, when he went out to um, the donut shop, what yeah, was really going Lieutenant on. Yeah. yeah, so so he was trying to show him what was actually going on because Travis was like, he was standing up to him and he was like, all right, you want to see what's going on? We'll show you. We've been protecting you from this the entire time. He was a jerk, mm-hmm. but it was his way of controlling the population. Um, yeah. And it wasn't that he didn't care about him. I think maybe some of the other guys, well, actually none of them acted like they really didn't care. It was just, right. you know, they were a little brutal. Right. Yeah, but they were they they portrayed a lot of the guys as seeming somewhat sadistic. Um, yeah. And well, they've know. been killing zombies that somewhere well, yeah, <laughs> but they've they've also been in wars before, and they haven't turned sadistic. Yeah, but these guys hadn't. They're National Guard, mm-hmm. so they're they they wouldn't be any in any wars because they're in the U.S. the entire time. Oh, right, right. But no, no, National Guards have been in plenty of wars. They were in Vietnam. They were in World War II, fighting in Europe. I thought the National Guard was only within the no. borders of the U.S. No, they get called up as as reserves when you're in wartime. Oh, I thought that was different. I thought reserves was different than National no, Guard. It, it is. It is. But when you're in reserves, are Army reserves that can be used at any time. The National Guard can be called up also for federal federalized. Oh, okay. nonetheless, that's my I still own think ignorance. that it's hard to believe that forces all over the country would be doing the Cobalt mission. Would be a part of it. <clears throat> and I wonder if it was you just mean lo- willingly. Yeah. Well, I wonder also if it was just localized to California or to L.A. or. It must have been. I agree. I mean, yeah, that wouldn't have been a national policy. Yeah. I mean, I, I would actually I don't believe it would be a policy period. Yeah. So- <laughs> <but> whatever. <laughs> it, it seems to me that the that was just like a weird fluke. And they just put it in place to move the storyline. Well, here's the part that I thought was weird about that whole situation was that they're talking about um, annihilating the population, uh, the regular public or whatever. And right. yet the doctor, which it, it kind of proved that the doctor didn't know what was going on mm-hmm. because then the doctor calls in, let's get an evac, you know, let's right. get a, a helicopter over here. The thing that was weird to me was that they actually came. Yeah. Well, I, I think thought, it was because she was taking care of soldiers. Not civilians. Okay. Yeah, it's true. Okay. Was it I only soldiers were, that she was taking yeah, care of? Yeah, it was mainly soldiers. Okay. And uh, and I think that's what they were talking about, evacuating was the soldiers that were injured. Yeah. Man, I was completely out of it during this episode then. Oh. Well, no, if you, if you go <laughs> well, back sorry. and look at the people that are lying in the beds after she's actually killed them, they're mostly soldiers and medical personnel. 
Right. Okay. Yep. Well, they're wearing scrubs, so I can assume that they're medical personnel. Right. I mean, there were some civilians around mm-hmm. and so forth, you know, like like Griselda, Grandma Griselda, but uh, yeah, exactly. But That's was I mainly, thought it was a full mix. It was a military hospital. Yeah. That's what it was. Okay. So the one thing that we haven't talked about is old Liza at the end and mm-hmm. getting her brains blown out by Travis. It was an easy so kill. What did you guys think about that? Well, I mean, she was the natural one to go. Mm-hmm. She didn't really have affiliation with the family. Did so, you expect uh, her to go? I actually was thinking that, uh, I actually was thinking Nick was going to get it, to tell you the uh-huh. truth, when huh. they were in that hallway scene. Yeah. I thought there was I was questioning I was questioning whether she needed to go. Me too, cuz that didn't look like a real bite to me. It looked more like a scratch. But she was pretty convinced. Well, it, was, it was just a flesh wound. <laughs> well, and the other thing is like what, you know, what does kill um someone when they're bit or scratched by the walkers? Infection. Mm-hmm. Uh it's not the they're already infected. No, it's the infection of the bite. Yeah. It, exactly. But you're going to get an infection of the bite when you got like nasty Grubby walkers. What about a walker that's not that dead? You mean one that just brushed his teeth? Exactly. Good point. Brushed his teeth, got knocked off, and bit somebody? They don't have, like, the nasty bacteria. Well, no, evidently what she was saying is the bites, um, I guess the bites can kill you, but the virus is what brings you back, or whatever it is, the disease is what brings you back. Right. Yeah. It just, it didn't seem, it didn't seem like enough. But, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of an, an old uh, zombie thing that's already, you know, if you're bit, then you're right. gone. That's it. The, you're gone. And the old, the old uh, you know, someone in your group going, oh, I you're, was bit. And yep. revealing it has, like, been done a thousand times. Yeah, but usually they're a little worse off. It's like, oh, I was bit, and they're, like, missing their shoulder. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean. It's like, yeah, you were bit. You were really bit. I think she was a bit hasty and having them kill her because I mean she was still walking around she was normal acting like maybe just wait a day or so and see what happens and then make that decision yeah Say I mean she could have like un- she could have undone the ropes or whatever oh wait actually the boat was out in the middle of the water wasn't it yeah yeah I mean like could have kept her around to do a launch help pack <laughs> Make a pizza or something. Go get some, some go get supplies before you change. Go like, raid that are house. Are you going to kill go yourself? Go to my neighbor's really? house and get their paper. We need. Could you lend a hand first? <laughs> you got time. <laughs> no one turns in the first three hours. Come on. <laughs> they could have actually made an experiment out of her and figured out how long it takes for her to turn. Yeah, I mean, what's all these people are offing themselves when they get bit right away? A rotor guy? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You got her yeah. shooting Let's herself? Well, they, but, but there are people that know what happens. There are people who've seen what happens. I think she was being a bit hasty. I do too. Being a bit but hasty. <laughs> the fact that Travis had to kill her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's all part of the good man. He did his duty as a husband, an ex husband, but still a husband. Um, She's the mother of his child. He's trying to protect him, trying to protect everybody from the fact that she could become a zombie. Um, and Madison totally chickened out on the whole thing, which was surprising. Oh, she wanted to get out of it. I think she was going to do it, but then Travis came plodding in there. Hey, what y'all doing? I know, but could could um, you imagine? 
<laughs> Could you imagine what Chris would have said if if Madison had actually been the one that killed her? Oh, well, I think I think uh, I think uh, Travis has got some serious shit to deal with with Chris. Oh yeah, he's got a lot of explaining to do. Yeah, Chris is going to be one angry young man. Yes, he is. And then put him on a boat. Ooh. I can see Chris smacking his dad at some point. Oh, they're going to throw down. There's no mm-hmm. doubt. No, he's Travis will let him do it. Well, he deserves it. Right. So I I I can see a big smack on that. I think the uh the yeah, the interesting development, character development's going to be what we see happens to Travis after this though, since this is supposed to be such a cha- life-changing event for him, which it has been. By the way, that um the uh the death scene and his breakdown and all that was some pretty weak acting guys agreed <laughs> on the beach you mean was, yes, yes. Oh, at least break a tear man yeah i mean come on there was not not one of them not not maggie not him not not even uh uh what's her name is about to die none of them had tears in their eyes i know they were grimacing like they were in pain but then it was kind of like really <laughs> come on somebody ball I mean, really. <laughs> All right. So what do you guys think we're going to see in season two next year, which has already been approved for 13 episodes? Water. Lots and lots of water. Yeah, water I'm thinking some ocean. Help. Definitely. Um, I, I think we're going to see a captain zombie. We're going to see. Um, we're going to yeah. see some some fisher zombies. Walking around with fishing poles on a pier. We'll definitely see pirates. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. There will be pirates that will try to steal their supplies and their boats yeah. and so forth. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, There's they're not the only person that thought about getting They'll on They'll probably a find boat. a tanker with people surviving on it. Um, try, you know, trying to make their way. Um, you know, things like that. Maybe they'll find a ghost ship, actually, where everybody's dead on it. Or yeah, maybe just some well, walkers on that. Well, I don't think we're going to see them on the water too long. Just a couple of episodes, and then something's going to happen to force them back on the land. Maybe the pirates. Yeah. Or maybe or maybe they hook up with another group. I mean... Or maybe the boat just breaks down. You know, there may be a group on a tanker or something like that that they hook up with, and then they put in somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still think they should go to Canada. Maybe Nick decides he doesn't want to wear that jacket anymore. No, dude's hanging on to that. I don't know if you watched the Talking Dead afterwards, but they said the the cat, the actor Frank Delane loves that outfit and he won't give it up. I know. I'm like seriously, <laughs> yeah, dude, get over yeah. it. <laughs> Change clothes, even if you did wash. I them. hope he at least showered. I know. Well, hair does not look like he's showered in a very long time. No, no, <laughs> he really. Is. You know, one thing though, I uh, one thing we could. Sp- could speculate i can't remember if i heard somebody say this or i thought of it or whatever but um the guy's used to living on the street a lot of times so he would be used to wearing the same clothes for a long amount of time right that was on the talking dead that's right okay maybe it's some kind of a comfort thing for him yeah maybe oh it's that dale tribute show yeah i'm not sure what else we're gonna see uh next season though um Maddie's kind of disappeared from the last three episodes. Seems yeah, like been really quiet. Maddie is Maddie's uh, Maddie's got a dangerous glint in her eye right now. Yeah, I don't know if I want to be on a boat with Daniel. I don't know if I want to be on a boat with Maddie right now. I think being on a boat with any of those people is going to be really bad. Strand, like, mm, no, mm-hmm. something's up with him. We're going to find out a lot more about him. I think Madison's 
<laughs> He's gonna get start convincing people to start jumping overboard. It's possible. Exactly. He's gonna talk. <laughs> Madison's <laughs> demons are gonna rear their ugly heads. Her. Madison's got a little. Uh, she's got a little uh, Carol going on in her right now. Carol. Carol yeah. from The Walking Dead. I can see Madison playing with some knives mm, in the background. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. Yeah, the Carol now. I mean, she's right, she she Carol definitely now. is a tougher character. Like Carol, like early on, was kind of weak. Right, right. No, Carol's a little sadistic now. Yep. Yeah. Try these cupcakes with the razors in them. Well, we'll definitely find out next season. Yeah, cupcakes and razors. That's great. Very Halloween. Um, <laughs> I, I think we will definitely see more on mm-hmm. Maddie's background. Agreed. She She's coming from yeah. a dark place. And yep. we'll finally find out some more of that. What's going on there? Well, Nick is probably going to get a little crazier, too, because he won't have access to his drugs, unless Strand can help him out with that, too, on the boat. But I think we're going to see Nick kind of going off the deep end for a while, making some decisions, rash decisions that aren't in the... Hasn't he already been without the drugs for a little while, though? No, because he just took old old man's um, Valium or whatever it was through yeah, the Yeah, but tub. I thought when he first got in the cage with... Uh, with um strand that he was kind of going through withdrawal in there he was pretty freaky yeah he was yeah that's why he was throwing up up. he's like oh yeah we needed something to mask the smell of urine right 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 it was almost acting like when he was talking to his mom in in this last episode that he was kind of over it i don't think he can be over it that quick yeah i don't either no and i think like kim's saying i think uh, early what you alluded to is that maybe strand is going to try and use that to his advantage to control Mm -hmm. him Mm-hmm. Because if he has him as his little puppet, then um, you know he can control him even against his own family. Right. Mm-hmm. So we shall see. They have not said when season two is going to start yet, but like we said, it's thirteen episodes, so I'm assuming it's going to be out in the summertime. Um, because The Walking Dead always starts in October, so I'm sure they'll right. bump it right back up. What time does The Walking Dead end? What date does Walking Dead usually end? I what think month? it's April. Okay, I think it's going to start right after that. Yeah, probably. If it's 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. Which means it's going to butt up into uh, Game of Thrones, I think. Airs around the same time. But anyways, nonetheless. I don't think that's their worry. I know, but it's one of my worries. <laughs> I was going to say that's Kim's worry. Because <laughs> that's the same time. It's not Sunday my worry. Nights. Oh, is it? It's yeah. the same time? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's not going to be good. We'll have to make some decisions. Um, DVR. <laughs> so so we shall see. So are you guys ready to do some listener feedback? Why not? All right. Well, Evan, our old friend Evan Brookman, actually emailed us about last week's episode right after we recorded last week. So we missed it. But um, just wanted to read that for him. He wrote about Cobalt. He said, I found it interesting. I think Cobalt sort of eludes to the Cold War dilemma of choosing a portion of the population to survive. There are never any models that provide for entire populations surviving a nuclear winter or a biblically severe epidemic. Somewhere it boils down to numbers and needs, and if you are not on the list, you don't get the shelter, you get the storm. It sounds like it's known already that this apocalypse is outside of the boundaries of control. Now it's time to save who and what you have means to save still find it kind of unbelievable that they can have a plan like that 
So you think that you don't think that it would be feasible that the government would come up with something where they had this kind of lottery of people where they were trying to sell them, save them? I, it doesn't even seem like it was a lottery. I mean, it seemed like right. it was just. I think on paper chairs. it makes sense, but I think once you get around to app, app applying it, it doesn't get it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. People yeah. can't do it. They can't go through it, with it. It's going to break down, just like the guy who mm-hmm. uh, the soldier. Yeah, be too many people backing out. Good yeah. Point. I mean, these are still soldiers that were brought up in the good old U.S. of A. as protectors of the people. I mean, that they have that ingrained in their brains. Well, especially these soldiers who are fighting in their neighborhoods, pretty much. Right. If right. not at least close to the, to the locality they came from. So. Yeah, I mean, some general may come up with that plan, but the ground troops aren't going to mm-hmm. do it. Stupid have people generals. deserting all over the place. Yep. Which they had. No, it's good. Good comment, Evan. Mm-hmm. And then Evan wrote in this week. Um, thank you, Evan, for your comments this week um, about the current episode. He said, "If I wanted, I could wear my suspension of disbelief hat, and I could force myself to believe that this show just happened to get the F troop of National Guardsmen." <laughs> we need to get one of those hats for Scott. I think I the F troop. No, have... no, the uh, suspension of disbelief hat. Oh, I have that on. <laughs> yeah. He's got that on all the time. Okay. Um, and he went on to say, and the way they went down was a basic synopsis of how our military comes undone. There is only one way I sort of buy it, and it goes back to my past speculation that maybe zomb- zombies or walkers do have superpowers other than just walking while dead and stinking. I have wondered if they maybe secrete a fear mind-numbing enzyme that affects different people differently. I love that. <laughs> like I the do with six- my students. Yeah. Thus explaining the inability of a well-armed group of soldiers to defend a fortified perimeter and kind of explain how they came unglued at the sight of the swarm. <laughs> Possibly these guys were supply corps, used to being in the rear with the gear. <laughs> Whatever the case, they were largely inept and quickly overran. Here, here, Evan. I agree. <laughs> totally, man. Totally. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what we were discussing. Um, it's like, how the hell do these guys lose this perimeter? It's like, oh, Wait. There's a guy oh, with zombies. I mean, what were oh, they shooting the them with beanbags? are bags? all falling down. What were they shooting them with beanbags? Yeah, right. They were right. probably shooting over their heads. <laughs> Little had orange tips on the end of their rifles. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, thank you, Evan, for writing in both weeks. We would love to hear from more of you, so please write us if you have any comments about any of the episodes from Fear the Walking Dead. We'd love to hear it. And now we're going to go take a little break, guys. So we'll be back. Thanks. See ya. To forget my lines. If you could save yourself, you could save us all. Go on living through the wrong. You leave us paid to be a well-time smile. Welcome back, everyone. Now we're going to move on to news. The first article is an interview that Elizabeth Rodriguez did uh, where she talked about Liza being killed off in the season one finale. And the interviewer asked if she was shocked when Liza was shot in the head. 
And she said, everything gets from Christopher then. His childhood, his memories, and everything good. The fear of the unknown is exciting, but also scary to me as an actor. I think it was the right thing for Travis to do. It's beautiful because in the moment of her death, true things come out. Travis loved her. He really did. You can see that love. So it sounds like um, from other um, articles that I read that she she wasn't shocked that her character was killed off during this season and that she was really excited about just being on this series and um, felt that her death actually moved the story along, um, but that it really did a whole lot, uh, a lot for the story in that Travis became the person that we're going to see for season two because he, um, he starts out the season very closed-minded, um, protective, and then he ends the season as someone who has just been thrust into the zombie apocalypse with no rhyme or reason and no no idea of how to handle the situation, and now he's had to kill the person that he first fell in love with and that he is the mother of his child, basically, so he um, uh, he's having to deal with all these emotions that he's never had to deal with before, so... Yeah, no, I think she was a she was a strong character. Uh, I think she was a little weaker at the beginning, but um, just when she takes off to go help uh, Nick and um, oh god, Daniel's wife, what's her name? Oh, Griselda. Griselda. When he when she goes off to take care of those two to protect them, I mean, you know, she becomes uh, I think even more important to the story, um, and. Yeah, she just, was a very adversarial figure at first. Yeah, she or, was. She she definitely evolved a good bit more. And then, um, you know, you saw it at the end of this one where the doctor, Everts or whatever her name is, uh, tells her to, to run, and she doesn't. You know, she doesn't run right away. I mean, she's actually, um, yeah, she's a very humble character. And uh, this act where she's taking her life because of what she thinks she's going to become is, you know, makes her pretty important. And life changing for Travis as well, which, yeah, and a good and a good model for um, for Chris. Yes, but it's going to devastate Chris when he finds mm-hmm. out what really happened. Yep. Um. So the second news item I have is that the webisode series has started. Part one was released yesterday, right before the season finale started, um, and it's called Flight Four Sixty Two. And have have you both seen it now? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm not going to spoil it, so we're not going to give out any details for people just in case they haven't seen it yet. Other but than they are on a plane. No, they are on a they plane. They are on a plane. It's yes. like a minute long. It's well, you, people on a plane. You can talk about it a little, but I don't want you to give out any details. How did okay, you feel this, about it? There was this really, okay, it start, it's focused on the kid, this boy. Right. Okay, can I say any more than that? No, that's okay. pretty much it. Just it's focused on you, a boy. You can just talk about how you feel. <laughs> how did you feel? Uh, <laughs> let me see. It was a minute long. So I felt During like... During that minute, I felt perplexed. Yeah, I felt like, wait, I got to do this 16 times? Oh, my God. Okay, <laughs> let me jump in here and say I loved it. And I was... Why? How did you already love it? It was only a minute. Because my heart was already racing and I was like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Because there was this one chick on there that was really bitchy sounding and mm-hmm. that's all I have to say. Too much information. You, no, it's not. Well, you're talking. You're talking about the girl that was in front. Uh, okay, the guy that the girl that closed the kid's window. Yeah. 
She didn't uh-huh. even say anything. She just slammed the window. Exactly. And then yeah. there's the other guy that's bitching like, are we going to take off? And it's like, it's not even his voice. See, now you're saying too much. <sighs> Look out for it, people. It's really weird. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like I watched it and I was like, is this it? Like, what is going on? It's only but, supposed to be a minute. I think I might I wait until there's like five of them out before I watch. Yeah, exactly. And then we can start compressing them into something tangible. Well, all right. So there's supposed to be 16 installments, and each one's going to debut online first. By the way, then... I loved it. Oh, my God. And then <laughs> you'll see the same episode during commercial breaks of The Walking Dead. And the whole premise of it is that it's going to tell the story of a group of passengers on a commercial airplane, and um, supposedly there's an infected person on the flight with them and it talks about the episode is supposed to be about what happens when this infected person turns and how everybody handles maybe it. that's what it's about get that motherfucking we'll zombie out. off my plane it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome okay oh nice so when we were watching the episode did you guys see the movie trailer for scout's guide to the zombie apocalypse uh yes hilarious Okay, I about died laughing, so I had to look it up and include it in the news section. And um, so the premise of the movie is that it's three scouts, and they're on the eve of their last camp out, and they discover the true meaning of friendship when they attempt to save their town from a zombie outbreak. And it's coming out on October 30th, and it's directed by Christopher Landon, the son of Michael Landon, from... What's the name of that? Oh, my God. Prairie, Little... House? Oh, no, no, no. Bonanza. Little House on the Prairie. Bonanza. No, Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> Bonanza. <laughs> Big House. Valley. Big Valley. Anyways, it's sta- it's, it stars Ty Sheridan, Logan Miller, Joey Morgan. Never heard of any of those guys. But it also has Cloris Leachman and Patrick Schwarzenegger. Cloris Leachman? <laughs> yes. And, did you say Patrick Schwarzenegger? That's what I said. Who the hell is that guy? old Schwartz's son. Mm. Seriously? Seriously. Wow, that's hilarious. He's okay. my son. He'll be back. But <laughs> it sounds like a really awesome movie just for the kitsch factor, so I'm kind of excited to see that. Mm-hmm. It's a <laughs> rental. October 30th. It's not a Tuma. It's not the Tuma. It's a <laughs> zombie. But by the way, the director, he's the one that directed all the Paranormal Activity movies, too. Ah. And those scared the shit out of me. I couldn't even watch them. So I'm kind of excited to see what he does with this one since it's supposed to be like a comedy slash horror. So mm-hmm. that could be fun. Definitely a lot more comedy than horror. Yes, yes. So, and then the last piece of, of news is just that unless you've been living under a rock, season premiere of season six, The Walking Dead, is this coming Sunday. Um, a lot of the fans are going to the premiere party this Friday at Madison Square Square Gardens. So if Wait, you, is it season five or six? It's season six. Good God. Okay. Yeah, it's been on for a while. So um, if you're one of those people that are going to the premiere party, please let us know what you think without spoiling it. Just let us know if you loved it. And I really want to know if there's zombie, if there's a zombie horde. Um, so we will... Yeah. Okay, that's okay. it. <laughs> there's There's got to be a zombie horde. We've already seen the pictures. There's a zombie horde. Yeah, there is a zombie horde. If they don't have it in the first episode... Then they've been lying, and I don't trust them anymore. It could be the second episode. No, no. That's Holy. not fair. 
Mm. Anyways. And Blimey, that would and suck. And that's it for the news, guys. And also, at the end of this week, we are going to release a special Fear Me podcast where we're going to recap Season 5 of The Walking Dead. We're going to watch it on Netflix. Everybody should go check it out. Watch it with us. And we'll be back at the end of the week to just talk about the season and um, anticipate what's going to happen with Season 6. So, okay, that's the end of the news. Thanks, Kim. And now it's time for Scotty D and his amazing terror machine. Well, tonight I'm going to be discussing um, one of my favorite characters, F. Paul Wilson's Repairman Jack. Jack was first introduced in his book, The Tomb, a horror novel, um, which later became part book one of his Adversary Cycle series, um, which ended up with Night World. Then Jack got his own series later on called the Repairman Jack series. Jack is a self-styled fix-it man, but not in the common workshop sense. He's an underground mercenary, hired by regular people to fix situations that cannot be dealt with through conventional means, things like blackmail. Um, he doesn't work for just anyone. He usually works for people that are truly innocent and have nowhere else to go. He helps the desperate innocents. These fix-its of his usually start simple, but get complex with the supernatural element to them. Most of his jobs are commonly acceptable issues like uh, designer drugs, biological experiments, legal dealings, and terrorism. Jack is a clever guy, relying on his wits, street smarts, and experience, even when dealing with some of the supernatural elements that he runs into. He hides his identity from the government and leaves no evidence behind of himself. He advertises through word of mouth and an anonymous website. He claims to have no social security or any other records and, re and refuses to be called anything but Repairman Jack or Jack. Since he works hard not to be noticed, his appearance is bland in every way. Average. Average height, average build, uh, brown hair, brown eyes. He's physically fit but not muscular. He's a confident fighter with some weapons training. To me, Jack is kind of a Kolshak the Night Stalker meets Jack Reacher. Jack has two siblings, and over the course of the novels, a complex family history is revealed, with an agenda that involves every member of his family. Jack has a girlfriend with a young daughter to whom he gives his undying loyalty. Jack's best friend is an arms dealer and information specialist that operates out of a sporting goods store, and his other good friend runs a bar where he, which he uses to, as a meeting place for some of his clients. Jack did his first fix-it when he was a teenager, a vandal had been continuously destroying a neighbor's lawn with his car. Um, Jack offered his services in repairing the damage and ensuring that it would not recur. So upon agreeing for a payment, Jack hit a series of reinforced spikes in a hedge surrounding the lawn, which destroyed the engine and tires of the car when he tried to vandalize it the next time. That was the first of his fixits. Simple, elegant plans that use the destructive nature of others against themselves. He's usually involved in several fix-it in each novel, one that usually turns into something large and involves some kind of a supernatural forces. He also starts to find his loved ones threatened by these unnatural forces. This becomes a thread that runs throughout his novels all the way through the whole series. Jack will later find out that underneath everything there is actually a battle going on between an entity called the Ally and another entity called the Otherness. He unfortunately gets dragged into this and enlisted into the battle, whether he likes it or not. This becomes the running theme of the whole book series. F. Paul Wilson has created a very complex, witty, angry, intelligent, and crafty character. 
This is what makes him one of the most compelling and interesting characters out there. So go get you some Repairman Jack novels, and remember, Jack rules. All right, Scott, thanks for that. I've actually heard you guys talk about the Repairman Jack stuff and hadn't even checked it out myself. So thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, we're now on Twitter, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and, of course, iTunes. So um, please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss another episode. You can also find us on Facebook, on the web at fearmepodcast.com, and right behind you. If you want to get in <laughs> touch with us or send us your thoughts on the episodes, you can email us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to rate us on iTunes or wherever you download our podcast so that we can move up in the rankings. We want five stars. Five stars, five stars. If we move up in the rankings, then more people will call in, more people will write in, and then it'll make the show better. If we move up in the rankings, we'll be higher. Well, yeah, that's there is that too, which is okay. kind of cool. Maybe we could actually get a phone number so people could call in. There you oh, go. yeah. Well, you could call in to a number we don't actually have and just leave a message for somebody, but I don't know where it's going to go. And maybe they'll call, <laughs> they'll send us a message about what you called about. Right. Excellent. As a reminder, we'll be back later this week to review season five of The Walking Dead and preview the season six premiere. Don't miss it, and thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Good night. Good night. <laughs>